Welcome to the Doc P Podcast, Counseling in 30 Minutes or Less. This morning I was on WHAS and asked about a couple of things. First about, do we need to, can we tune out our media? And the answer is absolutely. We absolutely need to be able to take that time out. And whether it is turning off our Twitter accounts or our social media, taking a break from Facebook, we absolutely have the right And I would argue the obligation to ourselves to do that. It is taking that time out um, to be able to reset. And it would solve a lot of our problems today. But that is really an indication of taking a healthy boundary. Now, some of us can do that by simply saying, you know what, I'm not going to turn the app on. I'm not going to open that up. Some of us might need to take that app off of our phones so that it's more difficult for us to to log in through the internet or just use our computers. Some of us may actually have to delete it all and look to start it again down the road. It depends upon your own personality and how well you can do that. But if we don't learn how to take that time out, we're going to lead to feeling overwhelmed. We're going to overwhelm those around us. That is an increased stress and Increasing stress leads to trauma and a trauma reaction. Trauma reactions, feeling stressed, feeling overwhelmed, all of those lead to a stronger sense of irrationalness, a stronger pull toward having those irrational thoughts. All or nothing, dogmatic, black and white, those are marked normally by a sense of irrationality. And if we're stressed, that's where we go to. Because stress, being overwhelmed, comes from our limbic system. Our limbic system is very simply wired, fight, flight, or flee. It doesn't give us a whole lot of options. It's the higher brain functions that kick in to allow us to have those other options. Those other options are the ones that we get when we take a break, when we don't feel overwhelmed. So we need to take that time out. And I will talk to families and couples all the time about taking timeouts. I'll talk about timeouts down the road, but I want to tell you the two rules, two biggest rules, I think, for taking timeouts. The first one is early and often. Secondly, but equally important, is when is your time in? You can't just say, I'm taking a timeout and storm out the door. You have to be able to say, I can't talk about this right now. I need five minutes. Or can we talk about this later tonight? Or can we talk about this tomorrow? You need to set that time in so that your partner doesn't think you just abandoned them. And that's what happens a lot of times. Well, I was taking a time out. Yes, you may have, but the person you were engaged with didn't realize that. So let me come back to how does that impact our society today. I would argue that the protests that we're seeing, and maybe even the violence that we're seeing, is indicative of society taking multiple timeouts on major issues without telling people when we're going to come back to the issue or never successfully coming back to the issue. It could easily be that we have just walked away, taken a timeout, and never come back to that issue. So we have people today that are really pushing this every night, upping the game, demanding, not letting us take that time out 
because we've taken them before. We've had these types of issues happen before where society has simply let us walk away. We've walked away from it. Well, see, let us, but we've walked away from it. We've let something else take priority, and we never come back to it. That might be one of the issues that we have with the protesters today. If we actually said, and people believed us, that we would sit down and work on these systemic issues and work toward a solution, even if it took years to find that, if people saw that we were actively not letting this go, then we may not have what we have today. But so many times, people get loud, people get our attention. We say, yes, 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 we've got to do this. We call, everybody calls a timeout, but then we don't come back to it. So I think timeouts are one of the major things that we can utilize today, as long as we all agree that there's a time in. From there, we were talking a little bit more about, you know, how do we get people to, to listen today? How do we go from here with everything going on? And I argued that we have a lot of people talking, a lot of people tweeting, a lot of people posting, and a lot of people yelling. What we need is we need a lot more people to listen. There's a saying that says, well, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, and that's because we're supposed to listen more than we talk. I'm beginning to think that we were given two ears and one mouth, not because it's more important, but because it's that much more difficult. We need to be able to listen to someone more at the point of disagreement. That is where we really need to utilize our sense of being able to listen to things. We need to be able to not shut down, not start prepping our response or our argument. We need to, at that point, be able to really listen even harder to the situation, to what the other person is saying. If we can do that, if when the, when the conversation gets tough, when we get uncomfortable, if we can still tune in and listen, work to understand, we can start developing empathy. That is where empathy develops. Now, I'm not talking about sympathy. I'm talking about understanding. I'm talking about being able to put myself in someone else's place. And that can be very difficult, especially in today's society where we are so polarized we often hear that if I put myself in someone else's place, well, then I've abandoned who I am. I have to be on this side of the fence or that side of the fence, and it's a fence. Well, it could be that the place to be is in the yard, and I don't have to be on either side of the argument. If I listen enough, I can find truths on both sides. Even if I don't agree with the person, I need to convince them. I need to show them that I am really listening and I am really understanding them. If I can slow this down, and to go back to something that Scott Fitzgerald said was, you know, we want that, we want to have a quick cake bake. We need to slow down. We need to listen. We need to not react from our limbic system. We need to act from our higher brain functions and sit and listen to people, even when it's uncomfortable. If I can do that, if I can sit and find that common ground, 
no matter how fine it is, I can start beginning to understand. I can start to begin to develop empathy. I can find that bond. That's where I find the ability to support Black Lives Matter, support our police, and at the same time, not support police brutality, not support the looting, not support all the violence. But I can support all of these areas by looking for that common ground. We also have to realize that the way I view these things, whether it's the incidence of a shooting or the incidence of tear gas use or the incidence of looting, comes from my perspective, comes from my worldview, comes from my paradigm. My paradigm greatly influences how I see these things on TV, how I interpret these words. So let's go back to something I talked about earlier with ABCs, the activating event, our belief, and our consequences. How I interpret what is done is B, my belief about the activating event. So we all see a march on television. That's the activating event. But the consequence to me, whether I feel for those people, whether I'm scared, whether I'm angry, that is influenced by my belief about what is really going on, my self-talk. My self-talk is my perspective. It's my worldview. So one person could look at that and, and see and interpret something completely different than another person and feel completely different about that. So we have to go back to being able to challenge our own perceptions, our own self-talk. We have to be able to sit and assume, and it is an assumption, but assume that not only am I right, but maybe the other person is right as well. And let's look for the things that we agree on rather than jumping down the road of things that we don't. The fact that people have been hurt is not good. There's a starting point. Now, we can get into what is hurt. We can get into the degrees of hurt. And, and that can it quickly take us down that polarizing road. But we have to start with listening that people have been hurt. And people have been traumatized. We have to realize that witnessing these things on television, on social media, is a trauma. I go all the way back to the issue of putting in that boundary. It may be a trauma for me in the fact that I worry about you know, my city, I might worry about my property, and I can't sleep at night because this is a little, little trauma. I would have a different trauma reaction, a trigger, if I saw my friends my family, in that being hurt. If I saw them as the reaction to this, if I saw them killed on television, die on social media, that would be another trigger. We have to realize that when someone sees a murder, a death on television, it is a trauma. Depending upon what I see, it is the level of trauma that I experience. When I first started this podcast out, I said we have to set boundaries. The reason for that is watching that at night before I go to bed bothers me. It's a certain level of trauma. If it were my family, if it were my friends that I was watching die on television, that would be a totally different level of trauma that I would be going through. 
And it would be much harder for me to just turn that television off, tune that social media out, because it's happening to me. Both of those are causes of me to have that fight, flight, or flee symptom. It's easier if it's not a major trauma. It also is easier if I choose to flee, just turn it off, but that's not always what happens. And if I've tried to do that before and it's failed, I may try to do something else. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the Doc P podcast, counseling in 30 minutes or less. Please join us again. Thanks again for tuning into the Doc P podcast. The music today was performed by Lexington based piano trio Soli de Gloria, performing music composed by the pianist Ethan Neal. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at solidegloria.pianotrio. Thanks to my sound editor, Chaz Pemberton, my son, and at times the inspiration for these mental health moments. You can find me on Facebook at Dimensions Family Therapy or Twitter at Dr. P. Louisville. That's DRP Louisville. Thanks again.